Welcome back to another episode of Kicking It With Coach Red, where we bring you all the news, stories, takes, and opinions about your favorite teams from the Pacific North fresh, from the good, to the bad, to the Mariners. The Mariners, baby. The Mariners might be back. Who knows? We never know. It's It's, so hit or miss. It's a mystery. And (laughs) you know what? We don't have a mystery van. We're not Scooby-Doo, Shaggy, Velma, Fred. Daphne. Yeah. That, none of go. them. Yesterday's them. history. Tomorrow's a mystery. You know, we're none of those people. But if you want to know who we are, you can find us out on the social media. Find me, your boy, Coach Red, on Twitter at The Real Coach Red, on Instagram at The Real underscore Coach Red. Lefty, where can they find you at? Follow me on Twitter at Lefty France, on Instagram at DFrance13. Go over and follow the pod while you're at it at Coach Red Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Follows, follows, follows. Do it, do it, do it. So with the Mariners kind of up and down right now, Sounders getting some wins, making some progress, offseason for the Seahawks, figured we'd go a couple questions at you, a little rapid fire, uh, just because we don't want to overplay some things. So we're going to go out and about and, Questions from all angles. You'll get our takes right off the cuff. I'll go ahead and lead it off. Lefty. Yeah, start us off. Start okay. us off. I got you. Well, in this podcast meeting, I see behind you a guitar. Lefty yes. France, how many songs can you play on the guitar <laughs> behind you? <laughs> Absolutely zero. If anyone, any of our listeners know how to play, I'm open to taking lessons. Would love to uh, play a song for my girl. <laughs> All right. Here's Wonderwall. Yeah, exactly. Here is Wonderwall for the thousandth time. Yeah. Any of our listeners that are willing to give lefty lessons on Wonderwall, hit him up on the social media. <laughs> yeah. Hit me up. Do it, do it, do it. I think I... At one point, I used to be able to play, I think it's Smoke on the Water or something I, like that. I can play part of Smoke on the yeah, Water. Exactly. I think everybody can. Yeah. No, that's like the basic that you learn. But yeah, I haven't touched that thing in a while. Pro- probably needs to be restrung. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll ask you a real question. Okay. All right. So with Mike Blowers not getting any younger, Eventually, there'll need to be a Mariners player that overtakes as the color guy. Which Mariner from this current team would you like to see take over as a color guy announcer for the Mariners in the future? Ichiro Suzuki. <laughs> current. I like current. his on staff. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um. Ooh, that's a tough one. I could see like Paul Seawall being pretty good at that. Like he seems like he'd be very enthusiastic and yeah, that was kind of the first besides Ichiro. <laughs> um, I'd say, yeah, Paul Seawall, maybe like a Jesse Winker, one of yeah. those two guys. 
who do you, who would you go with? I think I'd go with Marco Gonzalez. Okay. Seen with like um, the hyphen Ryan Roland Smith, who's done some stuff on radio and post game. You know, with Marco being a longer tenured guy, I think that you're going to see a lot of stories that'll be built up and him just being around the group of guys knowing the clubhouse dynamic for a new look Mariners. I think that he could be a guy down the road where he seems very well-spoken. He throws out little one-liners that get picked up left and right. Yep. Yep. You know, but no, I'm sexy. Don't put that on a shirt. And it was immediately <laughs> put on a shirt by Simply Seattle. Big shout out to Simply Seattle. Killing it. Oh, in, no. shirt, in apparel game. Go check them out if you haven't yet. Online, $25 sweatshirts. It's crazy. Their logos, their, their branding that they do is off the charts. Yeah, no, you should definitely check them out. They, they've got very good stuff for a very reasonable price. For sure. Is it my turn on the question? You're up. All right. So this one I heard on, I think, I can't remember where I was watching it, but brought up a good question. When you, when a team hits through the lineup, do you consider it the first guy that started the inning all the way back to the the guy that started the inning? Or are you considering it first guy that started and everyone hits and it doesn't have to get back to the original guy that hit if that makes sense it does i think that it's the guy that let off the inning has to be up again in the same. okay because okay. i feel like if you, you you hit through the lineup but you didn't hit around the lineup mm-hmm. that it's very different wording and it means yeah. it's a vast difference there so yeah, I mean, if you're if you're hitting through the lineup, that means you hit one through nine. If you hit around the lineup, then you've reached the top again. So yeah, yeah. someone's gonna get through the lineup. Yeah, it's one through nine. But okay. as soon as you get it around that, because then at that point, if you're doing your little scorecard at home, you gotta you gotta cross out the innings at the top, start bumping things <laughs> yeah, over. Exactly. No, I'm with you on that one. And it was the two announcers. They were going back and forth because one, I think they were talking about hitting through the lineup. So one of the guys was saying that, oh, they have to get back to the original guy. And the other one's like, well, I would consider it just getting all nine guys hitting in that inning. So I thought it was a really like good question to to bring up because could go both ways, but the way you you put it out there where it is hitting around the lineup mm-hmm. rather than hitting through the lineup. They're two different things. So I like it. Yeah. All right. Here's my question for you, Lefty. Some of the mainstays for the Seattle Seahawks have come and gone. You look at two pillars in Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner, you know, captains of your offense and defense for the last decade are no longer on this team. So, as it stands today, who is your favorite offensive and defensive player for the Seattle Seahawks? Going to go DK Metcalf on offense. Um, Everyone loves DK. 
whether it be not, not opposing cornerbacks. Yeah, exactly. Whether it be uh, his ab, rock hard abs or his touchdown scoring ability. Um, but yeah, DK, he's just, he's so young and I, he's one of those guys that people, I think people forget how young he is because he literally came out and just started performing right away where not a lot of guys do that. Um, and he's just, you don't see a lot of those types of guys at the receiver position anymore. Uh, he's like a Calvin Johnson 2.0 type guy. Um, hopefully he lasts a little bit longer than Megatron, but I, yeah, I would say DK's probably my go-to for offense defense who this is more of a tough one i want to say jamal adams just because bring some fire yeah he does bring fire but he also can be a liability at times (laughs) so man that's tough i like daryl taylor though too yeah and he like He's just one of those sneaky guys that can be is an absolute animal. Also Jordan Brooks, but um, yeah, I think I how like more. How many more guys on the defense are you going to name? I'm going to name all of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm going to stick with Daryl Taylor. Uh, I like those guys that kind of slipped under the radar and just – perform and make a name for themselves by the way they play not the way they go about media and like hype themselves up that way and just make a scene and in that aspect but Daryl Taylor definitely lays hat and proves he deserves to be on the field all the time like he's a stud who do you got let's see let's hear your offense I know I think I know your defensive one I might have stole it (laughs) or might have uh, said the name. No, I don't think so. Offensively, DK is a very solid pick. But for me, a favorite doesn't always mean that they're the most successful. Might just be a guy that I really like. And that's Will Disley. For me, I know that he got paid in a higher tier than people were expecting on the per-year average. But I like Will Disney a lot. He gives you a complete tight end. He's a phenomenal run blocker. He's an above-average pass catcher. And I'm hoping with them going to a more run-heavy offense, you're going to see some more of those two tight end sets. You're going to see Will Disley be able to slip guys a little bit more, get those screen games going that we're going to Gerald Everett, get that going to Will Disley because people are going to key on Noah Fant. He's got a higher ceiling as a pass catcher, but yeah. I just love to see Will Disley just break Uncle down Will. defensive ends and also just explode in the passing game like he did his first game of his career against Denver where he popped off for like four catches over 100 yards and a touchdown. It's like, Will Disley did not do that in college. <laughs> no. What happened? Yeah. So just kind of that emergence of him. And his nickname, he's Uncle Will. Like the dude's exactly. already going bald. 
He's yes, like 26 he years old. Yes, he is. Defensively, you did not touch on my guy, and it's Quandre Diggs. He's the Ooh, lifeblood okay. of that defense. Now Bobby Wagner out, and he was kind of like that quiet assassin out there. He gave you the range that you saw out of Earl Thomas, but I think you get that quiet leadership that Cam Chancellor always brought on the team. So I think with Quandre Diggs, he gives you the best of both worlds. He gets about five turnovers a year, signs a longer-term extension, gives you, with your guy, a top duo, at least money-wise, at the safety position. And you really anticipate to see some more scheme versatility with Clint Hurt, like we've said in the past. So I think that having those two guys, it opens the door for multiple defensive looks that you can give an offense to keep them on their toes. And I think that you'll see Quandre Diggs still getting those turnovers this year as well mm-hmm. i like it i would i was thinking jordan brooks was gonna be your guy i was gonna possibly say cody barton was my oh, like, okay. tier two guy just because i'm ready to see him play a full year as a starting yeah. linebacker because that <clears throat> dude has should have a highlight reel for his special teams tackles he absolutely molly wops people <laughs> he truck sticks them the hit stick fumbles makes a lot of fumbles on kick kick return for the other team when he's coming down just coming down on kickoff and flying and just crumpling dudes Gunna. i mean i'm excited to see to see him in a higher capacity this year definitely no he's they've got a lot of good young studs on their on their squad that who know like any of them can make a name for themselves yep the door's open yep all right so when pete carroll leaves the seahawks probably going to be retiring at some point i would hope hopefully he doesn't just die on the field because he never wants to leave um who could you who do you think would be the best fit out of either or current coaches for the Seahawks or a different head coach for another team right now? Who do you think the Hawks could should go grab with no like money is not an issue, contracts, just who would you want to be the next coach? I'll give you two answers because I think that the Seahawks like to promote from within when they can. And I think a lot of that, depending on the success that the defense kind of gets again under Clint Hurt, that I think expectations are fairly high, high energy guy wants to throw a variety of things. So if you can see a big bounce back from the defense from what is considered most as a middle of the road type, defensive unit so if you can get them into a top 10 consistently i think that you could see clint hurt as a guy and a candidate that should be able to fit decently well yeah or you go back to the well that worked for you before you go down to usc and you go get yourself lincoln riley (laughs) okay come get lincoln riley to the nfl you 
give him enough time to establish a little bit more of a legacy. You don't have to worry about the transfer portal. You don't have to worry about recruiting your tail off year in, year yeah. out. Get it, go to the pros, especially depending on the quarterback situation, because I think that's what it'll ultimately come down to if you're going to get one of these high-profile offensive coaches is do you have a young quarterback where you have cap flexibility to build around them or do you have a high draft pick in a good quarterback class that's when you're going to see a strong offensive-minded guy come and Lincoln Riley has proved by having Baker Mayfield turn into a Heisman Trophy winner mm-hmm. getting a transfer out of Kyler Murray and no Kyler Murray was there the whole time Kyler Murray becoming a becoming a Heisman Trophy winner transfer with Jalen Hurts and getting him fringe Heisman ready when he was a run first quarterback and short yeah. intermediate throw guy. So guy seems to be like, he's the quarterback whisperer except with Spencer Rattler, but yeah. I digress. That's why you have more guys on the roster. There's always some that, bad apples. There's always that one bad apple. You went, you went to, you went to USC before got Pete Carroll. It turned out pretty well. Yep. For you. So why not go back to the old well? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. All right, Lefty. All right. Here is what I've got for you. You look at college football in the Pacific Northwest, and we're going to talk about the two teams in the Pac-12. We're going to talk about WSU and UW. UW coming off a disappointing year. WSU probably outperforming some of their projections. Yeah. You know, they lose freshman of the year, but then get Cameron Ward from Encarte World to come up, one of the top quarterback transfers in this year's class. And then you get a whole new coaching staff for the University of Washington. That being said, who do you think sits higher in the Pac-12 rankings at the end of the season? Who's going to have a better record? Ooh, this is tough. I'm I want to go with WSU just because football is I mean, I guess football is big in both at both universities, but at WSU, I feel like they are like set on strictly making a football town like this is what we are going to be good at. And this is what's going to bring guys to our university. I'm going to, and I'm kind of a homer for the Cougs. So, I mean, Eastern through and through baby, let's go Eags. But <laughs> I'm going to go with the Cougs. I, I know everyone else is going to probably pick UW just because of history and them performing better than WSU a majority of the seasons, but I think things are going to start kind of flipping. The script is getting flipped and the Cougs might start making that, that name for themselves. I'm going to, I'm guessing you, you're taking UW. I think it's going to be pretty close this year. It's tough to tell you've got, a quarterback coming from a school that I've never heard of before and in Carte world. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to WSU. Um, <laughs> I think a lot's going to come down to what you could see out of Kalen Bauer coming into UW. Uh, 
pretty big acumen for being an offensive coach. Jake Hayner, who was a former cast-off for the University of Washington, goes down to Fresno State and has a franchiseman year this last year under Kalen DeBauer. You look at the offensive weapons that the University of Washington has and still some holdovers from the defensive side, like uh, ZTF. I think that you're going to see some of that transition happen this year and you're going to see some hiccups if the offense can start clicking early and it's going to come down to the three-way quarterback battle between Sam Heward, Dylan, Dylan Morris, and Michael Penix Jr., the transfer from Indiana who had his best season when DeBauer was there as an offensive coordinator. So if the offense can start clicking early, I think that it's going to skew me more towards UW. But before the year starts, it's kind of a coin flip just because there's been a whole lot of changes, especially, you know, you don't – I know that they're bringing in Cameron Ward's offensive coordinator, so the offense should be easy for him to grasp. But losing Jaden Delora and him transferring to Arizona, of all places, like yeah. NIL deal must have been Bonkers. buco bucks. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to go play for the University of Arizona if Bear I'm a football down. player. Not at all. Yeah, I I don't blame you either. All right. Um my question, my next one. So the Sounders are sitting 10th right now in the West, Western Conference. I think they have about 12 more matches. And I believe does this top seven make it? Top seven or eight. Do you see them? Where do you see them finishing by the end of the season? Do you do they make the playoffs? Do do they not? Here, let me let me bust out some soccer terminology, even though it may be incorrect. Let me pull up the table. Okay. Real quick. Yeah, I've, I'm looking at it too. They're sitting at 16 points, it looks like. LAFC's at 29 and first. Give me. Oh, come on. Why am I not finding There we go. MLS. The table. See, I was right. The table. Pull up the table. Western Conference. Sitting at 10. They're 18 points. Picked up three over the weekend in a big comeback. So, yeah, there's no way that they're not making the playoffs. I think that they're going to find their way in. It's tough because they were really fighting to win the CONCACAF championship. Yep. So they had a lot of games in the MLS where they were resting starters or some starters were playing half games. And you look over the course of two – in over the course of one week, they played three matches, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, and then had a week in between and played Sunday again. They got nine points out of that and that's huge and one of those was on the road 
And they even went down early to Charlotte and fought their way back. Jordan Morris gets on the end of nice pass into the box, heads it in. And Rui Diaz keeps doing Rui Diaz's things where he takes a shot, gets deflected, <laughs> takes all the edge of the box. The and finisher. The upper corner. I mean, <laughs> Rui Diaz is a magician with the ball at his foot. So with the Sounders continuing to press forward with their guys, missing Jao Paulo Hurts, but you're seeing some good things out of Vargas playing big minutes as a 16-year-old. You have Kellen Rowe who can fill in all over the field. You just think about this. Freddie Montero is one of the most prolific goal scorers in MLS history, and he might get 20 minutes a game if he's lucky. Exactly. Will Bruin is a change of pace style of attacker, and they're they're trying to get on the field. The competition on this team is insane. Um, You look at some guys like, Rusnax had his ups and downs. I thought that the game that he had on Sunday wasn't his best, but it's looked really good in the buildup before that. So I look to see extended, more extended minutes from your studs going forward. And I think that they'll find themselves in the thick of the playoffs again. And as you saw last year, you could be towards the top of the table and play Real Salt Lake and them not take a shot in regulation and win in shootouts as a seven seed and almost go all the way to the MLS final. So unless you're unless you're at the top and getting that by, there's not much that I say as long as you make it to the dance in MLS, doesn't matter. I mean, ideally you'd want the Sounders to have home games because they're pretty dangerous at home, yeah. especially in the playoffs last year excluded but i think that you'll probably see them slot in fourth or fifth i think that they'll start really making up points here in the near future and see them make a run at another championship yeah no i'm with you i think that there is no way that they don't make it especially now that Concacaf's out of the way they've got that on the the notch got got it on the notch and yeah, I, I I think they'd for sure go to the playoffs. Hopefully, uh, add another notch to the belt. <laughs> right on the notch. Right on the notch. All right, Lefty. I'm gonna go back to the NFL team. And which rookie are you most excited for this year from this year's NFL draft class? Um, I'm going to go with Ken Walker, Kenneth Walker. I think he goes by Ken now. Ken. It's a more mature name than Kenneth. Um, no, it's not. <laughs> I mean, that's probably what he thinks. <laughs> probably trying to be like, guys, it's not Kenneth. I'm cool guy. Ken. Yeah, exactly. Right. Easier to, easier to say his name than Kenneth. God damn it. Get your, get over here. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm going with Kenneth Ken Walker the third because the running back position has been very injury prone the last few seasons. I think the Seahawks give him a chance right away. Honestly, I think he can, and he, I mean he 
he proved it in college, but yes, the NFL is a whole different animal. But I mean, he's he's a stud. He's a workhorse. Uh, can't not great at catching the ball out of the backfield, but wasn't asked to. Exactly, and he's gonna be that. Like Penny can do that. Uh, Car- Chris Carson can do that, but maybe he'll when he is asked to do it becomes great at that too and becomes an everyday or every down back you know but yeah I think I'm most excited to see him just because of how injury prone our running back committee has been they're gonna give him a shot I I guarantee that they they throw him in the waters and see if he sinks or swims what about you who you got on the rookies. I was thinking Kobe Bryant, but I'm going to lean towards Boye Mafe. I think that what you saw out of Darrell Taylor finally getting into the rotation as a quitch twitch explosive type of player coming off the edge. I think that you have that still with Darrell Taylor. You get that a little bit with Chenyon Wosu. I think throwing Boye Mafe into a pass rushing rotation where he's not going to be the highlighted guy for the teams to key up on there's going to be times where he sees one-on-one just get that bend around the edge and i just want to yeah. see him absolutely light up russell wilson week one oh, just blind. Yeah. like the ones where i think it was against the cowboys it was like the first series and no one blocked their defensive end and i thought <laughs> like russell wilson i think was hobbled the rest of the game and it was just yep. like someone just tried to murder russell's yeah, exactly boy mafe to come untouched around the edge and just just uh, put him in the ground early and say, you know, welcome back to Seattle. This is this is your uh, this is your rookie speaking. Yeah, exactly. So. I'm here. That's kind. I didn't really have any other questions. Um, I don't know if you had any more. Good to go. <laughs> no. I, was gonna, I was gonna ask how long it would take you to learn Wonderwall, but we'll have to wait for our listeners to we'll get come at back us next on week, social media can... <laughs> to come get at us. You know, I don't have a guitar, but I mean, I could get one. And if you want to teach me how to play Wonderwall, you can find <laughs> yeah. me on Twitter at the Real Coach Red, on Instagram at the Real underscore Coach Red. Lefty France, where you at? Follow me on Twitter at Lefty France, on Instagram at dfrance13. Go over and follow the pod while you're at it at Coach Red Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us, follow us, follow us. Do, do, do it. And as always, stay fresh. Stay fresh, peeps.